0: Welcome along to another episode of the Tune Under podcast. It's so close. It's so close. The season is just mere days away. This is often my favourite pod that we do, the preview pod of the first game of the season. And it's always good to get uh, an opposition supporter on. So I am Jack in Brisbane, as usual. And I'll let uh, my guest tonight introduce himself. How are you doing, Paul?
1: Oh, very good, Jack. Yeah. Uh, Paul, I run the Aussie Villains podcast. Um just yeah, love sport podcasts as well. So just the most exciting time of the year, mate. I, the, the 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 preparation that we've all put into uh, getting ready for the no- late nights, early mornings. Just uh, very exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah, it feels like a long time ago that last game of the season. It, it, there was no international tournament over the summer. Well, no um, no men's international tournament anyway, senior. And so it, May was the last game. It feels such a long time ago. Villa and Newcastle it, obviously both had exciting
1: ends to the season. It does not it does. It, it does. I get what you mean. It, it, for us, uh, for Villa, it felt, feels like last season was four seasons because we had, <laughs> you know, we had the pre-season tour. Um, we had Steve and Gerrard disaster, which I'm trying to block from my mind. And then, you know, you have the breaks and then Emery comes in. It just feels like so many seasons there, Jack. It's just surreal. And you must feel the same when Newcastle's had so much go on in the past, you know, 18 to 24 months.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the, our takeover was in October 2021 and it's just been crazy yeah. since then. Like it's We started the podcast around that time uh, and it's just been 100 miles an hour, but it's been so good. And yeah. look, both clubs are kind of on a bit of an upward tra- trajectory at the moment as well. So that's good to see. So, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about the preseason. Talk about the games last season. You mentioned the you mentioned the the sleep there. They're getting up in the middle of the night. You probably you probably haven't missed that, have you? Oh, it's going to be
1: it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I, I follow so many sports from around the world. I kind of get used to all the different time zones. The lack of sleep hurts, but I think you know I've got I've got my family who are all aware of, of what I do, and so I try and set the alarm just a little bit lower. Uh, or, you just don't, or you just don't go
0: to bed <laughs> yeah that's it yeah yeah I've, I've got two little kids so I'm kind of chronically ah. sleep, sleep deprived anyway so yeah yeah but I was I was laughing when we were in the pre-season, pre-season tour and obviously Villa were there as well in, in the USA and you had people in the UK complaining about the kickoff times <laughs> it was, it was a nice area. 10 o'clock in the morning for us it was absolutely perfect
1: I was gorgeous. I think. I think. Uh, one morning, I was at work, and I think I might have been working from home, so I had it sitting there, um, and it was just seeing people. Not. Whinge, I won't say whinge, but complaining about the late nights. I. I'll go admit it. it was. I let them know. I'm sure you did too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's a little taste of what we go through for nine months of the year. <laughs> Paul, how come you've ended up supporting following Villa? Then you're obviously Australian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like a lot of Australians, the the first sport you play is football, soccer, uh, whatever people want to call it, to be honest. Um, And everyone followed Man United, uh, Liverpool and Celtic, where I lived. I I grew up in Frankston in in Victoria, very uh, Anglo-Saxon area. Um, And one of my junior coaches walked in wearing a villa top. You know, there was no sponsorship. It was just different colours. And I must have been seven. Uh, I'm 50 now, so that's going to tell you a little bit. And I just fell in love with it. Told him, and it's about two weeks later. He, he, he must have got them sent over. it. He gave me like all his like you know Villa jerseys from me was uh, when he was young. Uh, and a year or two later, we win the European Cup. So yeah, I think I made the right choice. <laughs> there you go, then
0: there you go. You've seen some success. We've got guys on our podcast who follow Newcastle for no no good reason, uh, and yep. they've obviously. Haven't seen. We haven't won a trophy since 1969, so hopefully that's going to change soon for us. But uh, yeah, that's a good start for you for your Villa Villa
1: career. Oh, Jack, it's going to change for you. There's no doubt, and and I've got a lot of Newcastle mates. A special shout out to my mate John. Sorry, Um, massive Newcastle fan. Listens to this uh, pod all the time. Um, He's from Newcastle, lives here, Um, but he was just saying that. Just enjoy the ride, and and. You can't be called bandwagon supporters. You know, you're going to have success. The mm-hmm. money brings that in the world game. And and I just want to say to Newcastle supporters, enjoy the ride. Mm. We know you're real. Newcastle supporters know you're real. So don't worry about success. Enjoy the ride.
0: Yeah. And it's quite often the case that the, the journey is actually the best bit anyway. Like yes, we, we talk about this quite often, how we had a season last season, which was just so special and so memorable mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Yeah. And there the hopefully will be a time when we start winning things. Obviously, the first trophy will be special, but yeah. that, the excitement at the moment and the upward trajectory is just such a, a special feeling, you know? Yeah, I think you're dead right what you say there about enjoy the ride. Like, don't stress. If we lose a game, we'll talk about the game that we lost at Villa Park last season. Yeah. Don't mm. stress about it. It's going to happen, um, but things are on the right track. So I kind of... Leads me into what I wanted to talk about first. Villa and Newcastle are obviously traditional big English clubs, and uh, both have been down in the Championship not so long ago. Both have endured Steve Bruce <laughs> not so long ago, and both it, are now fighting it out for the European European places. So yeah. Villa's trajectory has been good. I want to talk about Emery in a little while, um, but yeah. first I just want to get a, a sense of how the last sort of two years or so, or really since promotion has been for Villa um,
1: and mm. what the kind of general feeling has been around the club? It, it's been pretty strange. Um, I think there was a lot of optimism when Gerard was there um, and it wasn't so much about his coaching ability. It was more that uh, what he could bring in terms of other players or other coaches because of his name. And he did early on, you know, we wouldn't have got uh, Philip Coutinho. There's no doubt in the world. But then once we started hearing from him, it was some really strange commentary. And and, and we started to get a bit worried. I'm not saying we were um, predicting it was going to be bad, but it started to get weird. And the things he was saying, it didn't feel like he was going to be there long-term. Um, our recruitment approach seemed weird. He was playing people out of position. We didn't look fit. So I suppose... Since we were promoted, there was always been the fear of relegation, Jack. Mm. Um, And there was. And then when Gerard started going wrong, it was that, oh, God, we're going to sack another manager again. Mm. And in the last few months has just been some of the most magical time. It's hope. You know, we've got Monchi on board for recruitment. I know you said you're going to touch on Emery, but Emery's there and he's not a short-term kind of, you know, assignment. Um, We've obviously got our, you know, Corporate and general manager who used to be the head of, you know, things like the Philadelphia 76ers. So Mm. for me, it's beyond the players we're signing, it's what we're doing behind the scenes. Our owners are spending money wisely. um, And we've still got a great academy, and those guys are coming through. And we saw that in the US tour. There's some real talent there. And yeah, so right now, I would say we are starting to expect. And yeah. I think what we expect is to be that kind of top six, top seven club, and really fight. And 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 I said it in my, my our own podcast this week. We want to be in contention for that top four. Mm. At, at certain points in this season, we need to be there. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that we don't, but we need to be really pushing hard for it.
0: Yeah the top of the league is going to be so competitive because you've got Newcastle Villa and Brighton who have upset the apple cart and there's yeah. no there's no big 6 anymore you know mm. that's dead that's dead now i think it's yeah. more of a, a really competitive top half i just want to touch on the you talked about the academy there villa yeah. obviously brought jack grealish through and they've sold him for 100 million a couple of years ago that doing that enabled it under the financial fair play uh, mm. rules to basically reinvest a lot of that money over a period of time, doesn't it? Villa went out yeah. and got, I think Leon Bailey was one of the first ones and there was Buendia yes. for big money as well. So the, we'll talk about the sign-ins this summer soon as well, but that does give you a lot of wiggle room, doesn't it? And I think Villa are probably still yeah. spending the Grealish money in terms of the, um, the money
1: brought I'd, in. I'd say that's been spent. And, and I think at the moment we're in a difficult situation, um, where some of the players we have signed, you know, the Dendonkers. And I'm not putting players down. I'm just giving the realistic side of it. I think we get caught up in transfer fees. And you would have seen this with Newcastle and other clubs. And one thing that's not really spoken about is the weekly wages because that's what kills the club. It's not the transfer fees. It's the weekly wages. And we've got a lot. uh, We've got some of the highest paid players in the Premier League Mm. for their standard, if that makes sense. So we've got a lot of... um, Pretty much dead wood at the moment, and it's going to be really hard to get some of them out uh, on the money they're on. So that's whilst we've reinvested the money well from Grealish, there is that worry of the weekly wage bill. It's it's huge.
0: Yeah, Newcastle have actually got a bit of you don't like saying it, but dead wood as well in the squad. So you've got we've got Ryan Fraser and Isaac Hayden and Jeff Hendrick who were all signed in the, under the previous regime. The wages yeah. are too big. Lower Premier League clubs don't want them. They're not good enough. Championship yeah. clubs can't afford them. <laughs> so you end up having these players on the books for a long time and like you said it's a real drain on the on the finances and so that's something that both clubs are kind of grappling with i think at the moment isn't it and that's why there's such a big a big gap to bridge between what the the old traditional big 6 do because their commercial income is absolutely astronomical compared to
1: what our clubs are doing but our clubs are also i think and i've been saying it to people um I think the only shirt that's really sold in the past few years for us has really been um, guys like Matty Cash, Coutinho sold a few, Martinez sells a lot of jerseys, Mm -hmm. I mean he keeps selling jerseys, but the new guys that we've got coming in, which we'll touch on when we get to it, they will sell jerseys and Newcastle's going to have the same, you're going to have players who are definitely going to start bringing in that revenue. Um, Both our stadiums as well, we don't have the size of the bigger clubs, but that's the beautiful part about following Newcastle and Villa. We still St. James park is called St. James park. Villa park is Villa park. How long is that going to actually last Jack? Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't know.
0: know. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of, um, a lot of sort of controversy and opinions around that with Newcastle, especially because we need a a bigger stadium for the demand, but it's such a special, unique city center stadium. Um, but the question is: Is it worth moving moving away somewhere for an extra 20,000 seats? I don't think it is. I think you want to stick with the tradition, but the club will have a, to work out what to do.
1: It's really tough, isn't it? And and I think you're lucky that you're that um, you know you're one city team. And I think that if you do move, I, I, I think eventually when success comes, people will accept it. Um, yeah. Villa Parks put plans on hold. For a 60,000 seat, um, for our stadium to become 60,000 seats, it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of, if you've been to Villa Park, as you know, there's transport yeah. issues there. So there's other yeah. things that have to be considered as well.
0: I went to Villa Park once and we lost 5-1, I think it was. So <laughs> not uh, nice memories. Well, um, probably
1: good memories for me, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh right. Let's talk about Emery then. So there's a little bit of um history and intrigue with Emery in Newcastle because we offered him the job before Eddie yeah. Howe got it. Yeah. Um, he is a he's one of the best managers in the league, I think, tactically. like you look at his record, I think he's got eleven major trophies. yeah he he's done such a good job. i've I've got some stats about the the points that he actually got for Villa. so they picked up 48 points from 26 games under Emery last season. So over a season that's that's 70 points which if we have a look at this league table would actually have them a point behind Newcastle if that was extrapolated over the course of a season. As it yeah. was as it was you got to 7th on 61 points and qualified for the Conference League. What's he done What's he done? What's he done that's been so impressive to improve Villa in such a short space of time from what was a pretty dis- disappointing start under Steven Gerrard last season?
1: It's probably twofold, Jack. Um, one, he's he's not just a manager. I think, we, I think you touched on it. He's a coach. Um, mm-hmm. He's on the training field. He um, has great assistance, but he actually gets to know the players, knows their strengths, works out who's going to be able to play in his system. And last year was a lot of him working out who could play that system, and he played it regardless. Um, hmm. So a lot of passing out from the back, as we would know, uh, quick diagonal balls, um, nothing revolutionary, but revolutionary for us. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, John McGinn was on the Outer last year. He didn't look fit. He didn't look happy. Um, he's given belief. He's playing in the positions he needs to play in, and he's become a new man again. He's starting to do things that he does for Scotland. Um, so that's just one example um, he, he has faith in players like sometimes there's players there you just shake your head and I think Leon Bailey's one of them because he gives you glimpses um, but if I don't think he'll be there but if he is um, then I have to trust Emery um, so mm. yeah he's got the tactics he, he gets the players to do things on the on the track that he expects uh, on the pitch and it sounds simple but it's actually hard to get people to believe in, in your system and, and they do so yeah. that's probably a basic summary.
0: He's He's got the sort of um, history as well, hasn't he, of doing well with not the biggest, biggest clubs because he was at PSG and Arsenal. Yeah. He didn't do terribly. I think he was treated a little bit unfairly when he was at Arsenal. Um, but he's probably learned a lot from that experience. But he does seem to have this, maybe this niche or he's, he's good at these sort of large, medium to large size clubs, you know, like Europa yeah. League kind of standard clubs who he can go and win trophies with. What? Why do you think... it? Why do you think he's so good at that? Do you think it's just the way he coaches and his personality and the fact he's got the gravitas with the players and the respect yeah. of the players at clubs like that?
1: I also think it's the, the fact that, um, and, and please, I'm not putting down the, uh, the English side of the game because I, I love it, but mm. he, he has that um, network throughout Spain, throughout France, Italy, um, Germany. It's that network that he's built with other coaches. Um, clubs trust him. That's why we're going to get players in the next few years that no one will expect. I mean, mm. you only have to look at teams like City or Man U over the years and Arsenal. No one knew these players before. No one knew the, the, the players who became legends before. Sorry, my dog's barking. <laughs> um, but there's so many players that we didn't know were going to become legends. And I think that's what we get um, with Emery as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were we were excited about the prospect of him uh, when he was, the news broke. Yeah. It was it was a bit unfortunate because it was leaked by somebody but too soon, and then it it was in the middle of a Champions League game for him as well. Yeah. And then he did a he did a U turn, and that's fine. It's worked out well for us. It's worked out well for you. I think the the standard and the quality of the coaching and the Premier League in general. You've got the money in the Premier League compared to Europe, but it's so high, and I think that's why you've got these teams battling it out more teams battling it out at the top as well. The, the big clubs are not going to have it all their own way because other no. teams have got better coaches sometimes, better managers, you know. And Emery and Howe are certainly two of those.
1: You're talking yeah I just mean, yeah, want to touch on another club and and um I just want to touch on a club like Tottenham um where where people at first bemoaned um you know who don't know uh Andrew Postacoglu one of the greatest technical minds in world football. I mean, I'm a Brisbane Raw supporter and what he did for <laughs> us at that point, yeah. um, what he did in Japan, short time in, in Scotland, what he did for Celtic. He's a winner everywhere he goes. And, and I think that's something that we, um, as supporters who, who live in other countries, realise there are so many good managers there. And the Premier League's just going to get more and more people from that we've never heard of. Like people from mm-hmm. Tottenham who haven't heard of him, they're going to be really happy with what they see. I can
0: guarantee yeah. it. He's a good bloke as well, a really good bloke. Yes. And he speaks well. And I think I think that's what's it's it's a bit worrying for teams that are going to be competing with him, but it's fantastic for the league. It's obviously fantastic for Australia. Um he's gonna go and he's he's won things wherever he's been in, in such a style. So Spurs might have they might ship some goals. They probably will concede goals, they might have a bit of a slow start, but if they yeah. stick with him, he's gonna be real good for them. So and it's By good to see him then, getting but... some love from the Aussies.
1: Yeah, they might have a bad season. I think that transition uh, with his style of play, and I don't think they have the squad. Um, so as long as, you know, he would have gone in saying that, we, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to have hard times before good. But otherwise, Tottenham are just going to tread water for years. And I mean, yeah. I, not that I care, but, um, you know, that's what I'm talking about with, you know, uh, managers coming in. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Let's have a look at the league table from last season again. What's uh, Villa came seventh there, 61 points. Yeah. Newcastle obviously fourth, seventy-one points in the Champions League. What's Villa's aims for the season? Uh, you talked, you touched on this briefly before, but what's realistic? What do you think they should be should be going for?
1: Oh well, top eight again um, with cup runs, because you know um, it's a real as you said before, it's really competitive. There's going to be teams around us who improve as well. Um, I think we should be pushing for top four at some stage in the year. At some stage in the year, you're going to be saying, hey, we're a chance here. Um, and then have good, deep cup runs. Um, make sure we do well in the Europa Conference League. And and I think if we stay around about that mark, but we see improvement, then then certainly that's going to be a successful year. But we haven't had good cup runs. We get knocked out mm. in the third round of the FA Cup, or we get beaten by really poor teams. Oh, sorry. For, sorry for those teams that have beaten us. I don't... Relatively teams yeah. that we would consider poor. Um, and so, deep cup runs. A real tilt at a cup would be a win for us this year. Yeah,
0: we had that experience last year where we got to the final of the Carabao Cup. Yes, um, the whole it was a bit of a strange cup run because the World Cup happened, and then there was a lot of games squeezed in just after the World yeah. Cup. But it 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 distracted from the league a bit. It did. It definitely did. The, yeah. the league form dropped a little bit. But I think it was worth it to get to that cup final. That it was a big novelty for us to get to the cup final and the whole, the day itself was a little bit, it was a great weekend for the fans that went there, but we lost quite comfortably to Man United. I think the occasion, the event got to them. It had been so long since we'd been to a cup final, but yeah, yeah it's so it can have that effect, but it's always good. And you know, when was the last time Villa actually won won a trophy? They were in the cup final in 2000, weren't they? Yeah. I don't know we, when we, they actually
1: we could- we're good at getting to Cups, um, yeah. but we, we, we lose most. So I'd, I'd have to go back and have a look again because it's been so, so long. But just to make Cup Finals and make an FA Cup Final and stuff like that, they're magical weeks. Like, I, I remember your week last year and all my Newcastle friends and the city. The city mm. was just absolutely buzzing. So you'd get you'd do that again, even if you lost. That build-up and that excitement, you know, yeah. winning is great. But as we've said earlier in this in, a, in, in this um, discussion, the journey is everything. And and, and mm. that's something I want to reiterate to Newcastle fans and Villa fans. Enjoy every single win. Mm. Don't take them for granted because it'll come at some point where you will win things and then the wins along the way get forgotten. You mm. only remember cup win or where you finish in the league. Enjoy every single game. Yeah. I, I, can... I, I really mean that.
0: I can tell you what we enjoyed a lot last season was Villa's draw at Anfield because that was the stage where Liverpool were on a run. They were winning; they'd won something like nine or ten in a row, and they were chasing us down hard. And that was the one game that I got up for in the middle of the night that didn't involve Newcastle. And I was—it was amazing, amazing result for us because yeah. it meant that all we had to do was get a point against Leicester. But it was also a big yeah. result for Villa, wasn't it? Because you were still up there battling for a European spot at that stage.
1: Yeah, we were. And, and I had a lot of Newcastle mates who were up with me uh, messaging and, and, and it was really <laughs> lovely. There, there was a little bit of rivalry the last couple of years between Villa and Newcastle, but I kind of think it's faux. I think when we really realise, I, I think when we really realize we we're similar clubs in terms of our supporters just love the club. We want to win. I mean, I know we have rivals, but we don't have a rival at the moment. I mean, mm. Birmingham is not our rival right now. Uh, Same as
0: Sunderland teams, yeah
1: yeah and and so for us it's I think it is the established teams that are, that are the enemies And we shouldn't be enemies we we yeah. be enemies, enemies this weekend but yeah. uh, culturally culturally we're not that, they, that,
0: that it all start, that all started when we got relegated and there was a few villa fans with a bed sheet <laughs> saying stop on the terraces yeah. so and you know what football fans it's just you hold yeah. the bitterness don't you you keep the receipts as my Australian friends like to say um, but yeah. I think there's definitely a sense now, though, that, yeah, the, the two clubs are on the similar trajectory. We, like I said, the, our rivals, our enemies, are the, the big clubs who want to push us out and keep us out. So I think that's well, they tried, the way they, it'll tried
1: go. Do, they tried to do that with your uh, ownership. Yeah. And, you know, I can't stand that the hypocrisy. I mean, where does money come from in the end? It all comes from somewhere that's not good. Mm, all right. yeah. Like, yeah. all good we'd be helping homeless and we'd be doing all these different kinds of (laughs) money talks. And um, yeah, don't, don't be hypocrites. Look at the live tour in golf. Yeah. People already joined with them within 18 months. So yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Like I said, the premier league is awash with, uh, with dirty money. So (laughs) it's just the way it is, isn't it? If you want to compete, unfortunately, if you want to compete, you more or less have to be bought by a nation state or, you know, somebody else who's ridiculously rich. So we're not going to complain about that now. We're uh, we're we're on the right track, like you said. Last season's games between the two teams were very rough. contrasting. So, there was a 4 0 win for us at St. James's Park just after Gerard had left. Um, that came off the back of Villa had actually just beaten Brentford, I think, in the yeah. caretaker manager. And then there was that game at St. James's Park. So, we were lucky to not have the new manager bounce for that one. Uh, that was a comfortable win in the end for us. But then there was a 3 0 win at, uh, for Villa at Villa Park. That was actually the most we were outplayed. We were outfought. We were outrun. That was our worst performance of the season. I think it was the one game last season where we were really disappointed, but a lot of that was to do with the way Villa played. What were your kind of takeaways from those two games? And do you think there's any going to be any sort of residual feelings or thoughts from those games going into this game this weekend?
1: Um, well, yeah, I mean, the thoughts, as you just said, they were two to such contrasting games. The first game was a bit of a shock because we thought, you know, with the manager bounce so we were going to be competitive and you guys just completely showed why you're in the Champions League. Um, it was a fantastic performance. And then our performance for the 3-0 win was, uh, I'd please, if Newcastle supporters hate me after this, it was the most satisfying win of the mm. just the style we played. And, and 3-0 was probably, in all honesty, flattering yeah it was just yeah. performance so um yeah I, I think it showed why we chose the manager we chose
0: yeah the thing about that game as well for villa you'd you'd been on a good winning run but you hadn't actually beaten anyone i don't think at that point in and around the champions league or in the no. same uh, place in the league table so that's why uh, i can understand when you say that was really satisfying and that's why i was talking about emery's tactics before yeah. Because he did a job on Eddie Howe and nobody nobody does that, you know. Like Howe's a very smart tactical coach. He was out, he was out thought and the, the team just it was it was at the end of a run of hard away games for us as well, to be fair. So it was in sort of there was fatigue in and things like that. But yeah, no, it was a very comfortable win for Villa that day. Um and I think there's gonna be hopes of revenge or getting back on that a little bit mm-hmm. this weekend.
1: A lot of people, Jack, is saying that the the weekend game is going to be really open. Um, mm. I think from a Villa perspective, it's actually going to be really cagey. I, I think we will be going for a smash and grab um, because a point for us in the opening game away from a Champions League club, um, it would certainly be a great result for us. Um, mm. I can't imagine in the first 20 minutes to half an hour, we're going to be going all out. I think we're going to try and survive as long as we can. They'll still play mm. some nice ball and we'll create opportunities because the team's team's got playmakers everywhere now. Um, and and that comes back to that selling of Grealish. One player who did yeah. everything have got five or six who can who can take it on. So I think you're gonna to want to score early. And I think it the longer the longer it goes, you're gonna be worried about that smash and grab because that's what we'll mm-hmm. be going. For. Yeah, yeah.
0: And there the, has been a preseason game between the teams as well, which was very open. It was three three. Um yeah. This this was quite funny because we played this um, new system, which was like a three-at-the-back thing, and there was a couple of players in there who were definitely not going to be playing in this game, as there often is in preseason. But I think that Howe was deliberately experimenting in that game to try and not give anything away about what might happen in this game. Uh, even though the way we play in our system is pretty set in stone, I think he just didn't want to... He thinks about these things. He doesn't want to give any kind of advantage if he can avoid it. So yeah. that was a pretty exciting game. Uh, there was goals flying all over the place. How has Villa's preseason been generally a path, like with that game included as well? They, they were in America as yeah. well. So how's it been for the pre-season? How how's sens- the signings been?
1: Oh, it's been sensational. Um, so, you know, Tillemans um, and Diaby uh, Torres uh, have been... Re- Torres has been the player we thought he would be. Um, Diaby's got a stack of pace. And the player that's really... Um, you know, probably the what people would consider the worst signing of the three, and they're not bad signings. Mm. Uh, Hillermans has just been unbelievable. Um, we haven't been beaten pre-season, um, and it just—it's the style of play. We've been plugging in young players, and players will probably go out on loan, and they've scored goals and been creative. It's really exciting. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to keep a win on it, Jack. But, uh, <laughs> I, I can't imagine there's not going to be some good games this year if that makes sense. We're going to yeah, get some... Yeah. We're going to beat some good teams, really good teams this year. Yeah. And that's the one part.
0: Diaby was linked heavily with Newcastle for, um, for about at least 12 months and uh, yeah. it was thought that we were going to be after him, but his numbers from Leverkusen are fantastic and he's just... He looks like I was talking to Seb Stafford-Bloor, actually, who works for um, Tifo Football, and he's based in Germany. And he said he thinks he can be like a Champions League, like at latter stages of Champions League quality player, you know. So that's a real coup, isn't it, for Villa to get somebody of that stand, especially because he was nearly going to go to Saudi Arabia as well.
1: Yeah, I, Diaby and, and Torres is just a rock. And, and and I think people will be surprised at how good Villa's back line is. And, and I knew that from the start that we're going to build from the back. Best goalkeeper in the world. People can argue that with me, but he is. Um, and in the back line, you know, Mings and Konza, completely different players um, under Emery. They, they, they run with the ball. They're, they're happy. They make mistakes. They make mistakes. Um, so, I, I just think now that gives that create, creativity for Kamara to give the ball to Tillemans, to give the ball to Diaby, you know, Torres to make runs. It's just a very different team.
0: I saw Conza run through the whole team and stick it in the top corner in the, in the States, didn't he? So, I don't know where yeah. that came from.
1: Um, I just think the gaps kept opening and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to take that. <laughs> uh, he said that as much. He said, best goal that he'll ever score. And I hope not because um, I want him to have that confidence to go and do that occasionally. And I think the players down back now, that solid back on that Villa has not had in decades is going to allow that to happen occasionally Mings <laughs> or ones, you know, to do something that we're just not expecting.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely expected. I was watching it thinking, is that actually concert? That was amazing. Yeah. So All right. it was
1: not, I think he was in the top three or four players that players could not get past him last year. Yeah. Um, the pre-season we put him out on the right, um, just as cover at the moment, uh, for Merino. And that's another great signing um, that we didn't expect from Spain. Um, so if he can do that for the first few games until Marino's back, that's a bonus. Um yeah. I'm, can't even get Diego Carlos in the team at the moment, so it's good signs.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna talk about Moreno in a bit as well, because he was one of the players who terrorized us last season. So yeah. when we get to the when we get to look at the villa lineup, we'll talk about him. But I'm gonna flash up the Lineup that I think Newcastle will play. Yeah, Th- this is quite difficult because there's a few un like unknowns in here. There's a few uh, positions yeah. up for grabs. Everyone's had a pretty good preseason. We- we're unbeaten as well. We've won five and drawn two in preseason. Yes, but I think I think it'll be Pope and goal. I think it'll be the same back four from last season: Trippier, Shaw, Botman, and Byrne. There's a little doubt over Shaw, who picked up an injury in the USA. But if he doesn't play, they will slot in. The midfield three, I, I think Bruno and Linton are, are set in stone. Yeah. I've gone with Anderson, who had a fantastic preseason. Other club um, fans might not know too much about him. He's a he's a young local Geordie lad who was he was in and around the squad last season. He he made a few sub appearances, but he's been amazing in preseason. He's got four goals and four assists, so. I think it's going to be difficult to not have him in the in the team for this game. Uh, we're probably going to have Tonali, a uh, new signing, Tonali, and probably Longstaff on the bench. Um, I'm swaying towards maybe Longstaff actually starting. After all the way the way Eddie Howe works, but I think right. Anderson couldn't have done any more to to deserve his start. Um, Miggy, I think, is set in stone on the right hand side. Miggy Almirón, he's had a good another good preseason, and he was he, sw- he scored an absolutely amazing goal against villa last season at st james's park i think gordon anthony gordon has had a really good under 21 tournament he got player of the tournament we're going to see him now fly i think um after his his move from everton he he took he's taken a while to get up to speed but i think he's going to start this and i think isak will start up front um, he's a genuine world class striker the 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 exciting thing for newcastle is the bench now because we're going to have the likes of tanali we're going to have Liv is who's going to be on the bench now. He's signed. We're going to have Harvey Barnes, who I know has got a good scoring wow. record against Aston Villa. It we're does. going to have Callum, Callum Wilson. Uh, there's going to be Willock when he's fit. So all of a sudden the depth is looking good. Uh, we're, we're kind of at that stage of our development. It'll be a 4-3-3. Three, three. It'll be the, the the high octane. Like you said, I think it'll be a quick start. I think we'll go for it at the, at the beginning and we'll try and use the crowd. Anything in there, Paul, that like you're looking at that, Gives you concern or that you you know that stands out
1: for you from that team? Yeah, first of all, Tenale, Um Is he not fit? Um, because he, I'd, have, I'd have him in that team. <laughs> yeah, no, he's
0: fit, he, he is fit, um, he's, and he's played most of preseason. But just knowing the way that Eddie Howe works, he likes to bed players in slowly. Um, and yeah. So I think if Anderson doesn't start, I mean, Tonali could start, uh, but he usually likes to keep people on the bench for the first few games and let them get up to, you know, see what the Premier League's all about and get up to speed with that. So it wouldn't be a surprise if he did start, but I think the way Anderson's played, I think he deserves a start
1: for this, yeah. this one. That's a fair call. I mean, of course, um, I'm not one of those supporters who, I'm a uh, glass half empty guy. So I, I, think, I think your depth is, is sensational. And I think some of the big, big clubs, their depth's nowhere near it. And this is why I think you'll stay top four um, of course, I'm concerned. If this was at Villa Park, I've got to say I probably wouldn't be as concerned. Um, but, but just a really good squad, mate. I'd, I'd be happy if that was, uh, well, I don't want to get rid of Villa players, but if it was reverse squad, I'd be pretty happy with that one myself. I think I don't think Gordon's going to take off. He's the one player of yours. He's All his history does not look good. He doesn't score enough goals. Um, I know that you think he'll come through. He's the one player I question in any squad. I think he's paid too much for him. I'm probably going to be proven wrong. Happy to be. Uh, but he's the one player I'm not worried about. I don't like the way he plays.
0: No, that's fair. That's fair enough because there was a lot of Newcastle fans who were saying that last season as well. Everton fans were obviously saying that. His goal and assist output has never been great, but I think he's he's versatile. He's that and he's the he's this the typical Eddie Howe player. He'll run all day. There was a I always talk about this goal last season at West Ham. Joe Linton scored a goal where Gordon won the ball in the right-back position and then he passed it off and it got sprayed forward. So, there is high hopes for him this season. It was a big, big feat as it often is with English players. Yeah, um, But the, the signs are encouraging, but Having said that as well, it wouldn't be a surprise if Harvey Barnes did start this because he's got he grabbed two goals in the last preseason game. And I know that he scored, I think it's five goals against Villa. And I think he's got four assists against Villa as well. So he likes that's playing why, against Villa.
1: That's why I think you'll play. It's uh, horses for horses. And, and you're going to be your squad's going to do that this year. And we're going to do that. Um, we're not going to see the same 11. We're not going to rely on the same 11 either of our squads. And the versatility you brought up that is we exactly what we're gonna be this year. It's gonna be yeah. we're gonna be one of the bigger clubs, I can tell you that.
0: The options are great, yeah. It's great to see. Quite right. Quite, quite quite. Let's have a look at the Villa team that you've you've selected. So I know that Moreno and Ramsey, who absolutely killed us last season on that left hand side, they're not there. So they're both injured until September. You I asked you to send me this through and you um you sent through the the names and I was trying to work out who was going to go where and what was going to happen. So Yep. Well, I've put it in what I think might be the, the um, position because you've got but you've got four central midfielders in there. So go on, talk yep. us through this and talk us through the rationale.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely think with the the backline set at the moment, uh, Moreno would play. Um, you've got the ability for Maddie. There's a lot of versatility with Maddie Cash and guys like that to come into the team. You know, you're looking at a Polish international. You can't get in. Um, I think McGinn's the versatility. It's more of a diamond in the midfield. You're going to have the defenders push up. Kamara, uh, Konza, Mings, they're going to overlap. So uh, I think Watkins is not the out and out striker that I potentially see long term for us. And please, I'm going to put, I've got a Watkins shirt with his name on the back. So, um, but I just think it's going to, neither of our teams are going to be traditional. Mm. It's going to be people dropping back and people going forward and supporting. Um, and I dislike the idea of almost a supporting striker there at the, at the top of the midfield. So it looks narrow, but the mm. defenders push up, and we did that last year. There will be width. Yeah, uh, I think I think we'll close you down if they try and close you down in the middle and stop your run. Um, but yeah, I think that it's going to be almost a rotating midfield. In a diamond.
0: Yeah. And that's what happened last season because Villa were playing out from the back and then there were there were time in it and they were playing direct balls and up towards Watkins and Ramsey. And that was what causes all the problems. So the kind of the midfield was bypassed a little bit in that game and it went up up front yeah. and it stuck. Watkins played really well. Um, Newcastle fans are worried about the prospect of Diaby running at Dan Byrne, because Dan Byrne's not the quickest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if he's, you know, if he's drifting out to the right-hand side as well, that could cause some issues. I'm interested in what you said about Watkins there because he was on fire goal-scoring wise, wasn't he, for Villa last season? So yeah, um, and he's what 27. So what's the um, yeah? What's your thoughts about that?
1: He just doesn't take the chances that that he needs to as a striker. He works as hard as you could ever imagine. Um, but if you're looking at actually being a permanent top four, you, you tell me a top four team that doesn't have a real or even top 16 that doesn't have a striker that puts close to 20 goals a season away. Mm. Watkins has never hit 20 goals. So if you're looking to push up into the top four, even your very good players have to be replaced at some stage. I'm not saying mm. Watkins stay in the squad and on the bench, but he can't, we, we can't be pushing top four if Watkins is our key striker. And I'm sorry, people are going to slam me for that, but that's <laughs> the no, no top club in the history of football that hasn't had a striker hitting 20-odd goals. Mm, it's
0: probably part of the natural uh, progression of clubs like ours as well, where, you know, we, we've got Callum Wilson and then we just went and brought in Isak last summer. Yeah. So for what yeah. looks like a bargain, 63 million now, com- considering some of the fees that are going around for players, that strikers that, bit, the you know, the, the elite big clubs are buying at the moment. And, um, so it's I think this is gonna be one of the games where it's gonna be the most interesting tactically because of the two managers and because of the history with what happened last season. Um it's gonna be really interesting. Like you said, we're gonna try and come out quick. I think we're gonna we're gonna go for it. And if we get an early goal, that could settle things down. But like you said as well, if if it gets to half an hour towards half time, you know, into sixty minutes and it's nil nil, we're gonna be worried about that smash and grab. Or, you know, I think Villa have got more about them as well than just sitting back and, and defending. It's going to be a, you know, they're going to be pressing, like you said, and I think they're going to create plenty of chances of their own as well.
1: We'll definitely create chances that, that both teams will create chances. There's too many uh, ball players in both our teams now, which is so exciting to see. We will play not as high a line as we will for most of the season. We play a high line. Um, I hate this term, but the keeper sweeper with Martinez allows that to happen. You're going to get some close calls. There's going to be a couple mm. offsides, but we've continued to do that preseason. We're going to play one of the highest lines, uh, and and tactically, what that means is that we shorten the pitch, so it's going to be harder for people to play through us. Um, and and that's what people don't get about a high line. It's not trying to just catch people offside. It's actually mm. making two thirds to a half of a pitch, and um, almost playing five side football. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. So let's have a prediction then. So I'll let you go first. You're the guest. What do you think in terms of a score for this game?
1: Yeah, for sure. It's going to be one all. Um, We're actually going to take the lead in the first half. Um, Half time, I'm going to be nervous thinking, oh, my gosh, we're going to get three points. You'll attack, attack, attack. And eventually that pressure is going to give in and it's going to be a one all game. Um, and I think Villa fans will be more satisfied than Newcastle, but I don't think Newcastle fans, if they were given the point right now, I would be really surprised if people know either side didn't take a point in the first game. Mm. With-
0: I love the um, specificness of that answer. That's fantastic. I think I think it might be a draw as well. I think it might be high score on draw 2-2. I think it, I think it's, there's going to be goals in this. Um, first game of the season is always hard to... To predict what's going to happen as well, and um, the the preseason game, I don't think you can read too much into them because it's a different players playing. But the fact that there was a lot of gold in that, I think, could maybe um, maybe have a have a bearing on this. But yeah, I just think it's going to be a really good game between two two good teams. If you offered me a draw now, I wouldn't take it because we're at St James's Park, and I think that we you know we, we can beat anybody at St James's Park, and we will yeah. beat most most teams. But a point against you know another european uh, challenging team at the end of the day is not going to be be a bad result so i will i will wish villa well for the season after after 2:30 um, on saturday which is what time this one is <laughs> it's an absolute killer of a kick time anything else you wanted to add there paul or um, you wanted to you think we need to know about uh, about villa before before we say goodbye?
1: yeah I- Look, there's going to be the down uh, games for Villa this year. It's going to be a, a year that we just need to embed the, the Emery philosophy. Um, so it's an exciting time. I think we're going to have some big cup runs. I said that earlier, and that really excites me because the cups still mean a lot to the traditional clubs. Um, and to the Newcastle fans, I, and I implore you to enjoy the journey. Um, we know you're real fans. Don't be stressed about being called plastic or bandwagon. <laughs> It's just, we know that, you know, real football fans know the truth. Um, so I'm going to dislike you strongly when we play you, um, but I'll be secretly, a- outside of us playing, I'll be secretly going for the tournament for
0: sure. Excellent. Fantastic stuff. Paul, thanks very much for your time. Um, we'll keep in touch through the season uh, and we'll, we'll speak again, I'm sure, before the return game. Um, it's been brilliant to get your insights to to talk to um to somebody else in brisbane as well and a football fan in brisbane so paul thanks very much take care and we'll
1: you see too. you again and up the door.
0: <laughs> all the best cheers
1: <laughs> thanks jack <laughs>